1: The cheese heads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said.
0: Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney. And this week, Perry Goldstein is out of the country, out of the continent, quite frankly, um, at a wedding, international wedding in Bolivia. So she is, you know, we didn't know what the Wi-Fi was going to be like. She didn't want to lug in airport and a microphone and all of those fun things through custom. So I have a, a special guest this week, somebody that I used to get to talk football with regularly and somebody who I don't think I've gotten to talk football with since December, maybe before. Jacob Westendorf, thanks so much for coming on with me.
0: Yeah, it's good to be here. I, I don't know that I can live up to, to Perry Goldstein. Not many can, uh, but I am <laughs> certainly... Going to try uh, safe travels to her as Bolivia. That's awesome. I've never, I've never been outside of the United States, um, Same. and I'm I'm not sure how much it appeals to me. Uh, I like I thought about it when the Packers went to London. Like, would that be fun? But then I was thinking like time changes and all the stuff, and it turns out that was one of the worst games they played last year, or at least one of the worst <laughs> halves of the season, and all that good stuff. So. Uh, yeah, should be fun. Yeah, we get to, we used to be able to do this once a week, and then Andy, for whatever reason, decided it was time for us to break up. So here we are. Uh, but no, it should be fun. Appreciate you having me.
1: Yeah, so we are going to play a game. Like I said, you don't know what this what this game is, um, but I, I, I think I kind of teased it last week. If I didn't, everybody I've really been listening is like, what the heck is she talking about? But <laughs> last week, Perry and I went through and gave way too early position predictions, like our June... How is this roster going to compare to the 53 that comes out in August kind of prediction? So this week, I thought we could play an NFC North position battle game. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to go through all of the position groups across the NFC North, and we're going to rank them together. And we're going to give out points. So whoever the best quarterback we think is in the North, they get four points, three points. At the end of all of this ranking, I'm going to have to quickly do math and add up all of the point totals for all of these teams. And we'll see, based on purely position groups, who we think is the quote-unquote best team on paper alone. Does that sound fun?
0: It does. Uh, One (laughs) quick point for clarification. So when we get to positions where there's more than one, so like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yep. David we're, Montgomery and Jimmy Gibbs, for example. Yes. Yeah, so we're taking, we, taking the group, the whole group. Okay. No,
1: well, so I, i made a cheat sheet. We're going to do like top three. So like wide receivers, we're not going to do, you know, the whole peanut gallery. We're
0: just going to sure. do like, you know, the first couple starters, if you will. Yeah. Sure.
1: And you know, the caveat here, of course, is that we're recording this on June 28th. So we don't know if these depth charts are very true. Um, so I will say that there are, you know, the further we get like safeties Packers fans. These probably aren't going to be the starting safeties, but that's how they are on the depth chart as of June. So these are the ones that we're going to go with for the sake of this very unofficial official exercise that we're doing. Okay. Ready to get started. Let's do it. Okay. Starting of course with the four quarterbacks, we have Jordan love Justin Fields, Kirk cousins and Jared Goff. Let's hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah. So we did something similar to this with Jacob Morley and we ended up settling on Jared Goff as the guy Um, and the debate we decided, yeah, we decided it was between he and Kirk cousins. Now the caveat being that we were building a team to make the playoffs in 2023. So, yeah. So if we're projecting forward then, you know, for the next five years or something like that, that might change. Actually it might not honestly, but change my answer. Um, but I we went with Goff over Cousins. Um, and that was basically like, to me, quarterbacks are like, so Patrick Mahomes is like his own tier, right? And then after that, you've got like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, that kind of crew. And then like if you do things instead of just by numbers, like going by teams, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, like these are players that are all kind of a Derek Carr. They're kind of all in the same bucket as guys that, teams probably wish they had somebody better and but they're good enough to get you to you know if everything goes right around them they can matt ryan your way to a super bowl appearance (laughs) and they can get you to you know the playoffs somewhat frequently um jimmy g's case they've been able to do that uh with the best roster in football most of the time but we went with golf because basically based on playoff performance Goff has overcome. He overcame two double-digit deficits in one game against the New Orleans Saints in that dome, where like when breeze was there, that was the most raucous crowd that existed at the time. Um, I thought he went. He didn't really go score for score with Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau a couple years ago when they came here, but he did well enough. I thought uh, during that game with a mangled thumb, and me and I said this could very well be just a byproduct of when I grew up, but. At, Watching and admiring uh Brett Favre as a quarterback, like I, I really value toughness at that position. Playing injured at that position, which wasn't to say Cousins doesn't have toughness, um but Goff, I know, played like I, they showed pictures of his thumb after that Rams Packers game, and it was mangled and disgusting. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't even imagine trying to hold a pen, let alone throw a football in the freezing cold that it was at Lambeau that particular year. Um, so we went with him, and then it went like Cousins, and then I basically coupled um, Jordan Love and Justin Fields, because I don't know anything about if those guys are any good or not. I don't know if that's a good answer for, for this game. <laughs> if you want me to rank them in order, I certainly can do that. But I do have Goff number one um, and Cousins number two. I just think that those are the only players in this division that are proven. And right now, my friend Isaac Gregg said it. I think he said it well. Right now, it's the worst quarterback division maybe in football. Subject to change, but right now it's not very good if Jared Goff is number one.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Jared Goff, you know, the case there. I think for the sake of the game, you know, for, you know, projections sake, we'll just say as they stand right now, which, you know, to that point, Jordan Love would be fourth because he is an unproven commodity. So given that we're trying to rank teams and give them point values based on, quote unquote, being the best, I think the four points here would go to Jared Goff and then Kirk Cousins, three, Justin Fields will get the two and then Jordan Love. We'll have the one here. So Packer fans, don't fret. This is not necessarily any oh, We'll indicator. make up for it
0: here in just a um, Trust me, in just a minute, <laughs> we're going to make up for this with some of the other, other groups here.
1: All right, so now we've, we're going to segue now into the wide receivers. We'll talk Green Bay. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed are going to be the three here. Chris, uh, the Chicago Bears will have DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool. Vikings get Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and KJ Osborne, and then Detroit will have Amon Ross, St. Brown, Marvin Jones returning, and Josh Reynolds.
0: This is tough because, like, okay, so the best individual player is Justin Jefferson, right? And I think you can make a case that that's still the like KJ Osborne's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good I mean, three, right? And Jordan Addison's a rookie. And like the underlying numbers with Addison and his athleticism and just that profile doesn't bode well for someone like him. Like, so I could argue that they're fourth Detroit. I can argue the same thing. I'm Ross St. Brown's really good. I actually do think they're fourth because St. Brown is, is really good. But the other guys like Marvin Jones is kind of crafty veteran. Um, but I don't think they have the star receiver in that group. Like the other three teams do have. Um, you don't think
1: I'm on star.
0: Uh I do. I I suppose I, I, but I don't think he's on the same level as the other three's top guys. So like DJ Moore, um, Christian Watson and Justin Jefferson to me can like change entire offenses. Whereas like the lions drafted Jamison Williams to open things up for Amon Ra and they've kind of built things that way. It's just, it's tough to build your offense around a slot unless you're Cooper cup, in which case maybe that is what Amon Ra St. Brown is to a, a much lesser degree, but it's tough to do things that way. So that's
1: that's a good point that you brought up then too. Jameis Williams obviously suspended to start the season. Do you think having him there in place of, let's say, Marvin Jones changes the outlook for that Detroit offense? <sighs> it's hard, uh, to or see. for just, the sake of our rankings, at least.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. Just because I saw, I really liked him coming out of that mm-hmm. draft. That was the guy I was hoping if Green Bay was going to spend a first round pick on a receiver, that was kind of the guy that I thought they would really like, and I really liked him too. Um, but he only played like six games last year because he was injured, uh, which we knew was kind of going to be the deal. He had some really nice moments. He had a touchdown taken away against green Bay um, in that last game of the season on a, a holding penalty that wiped out a, a really long touchdown. I don't know how much it would change things just because again, kind of like Jordan love, he's a relative unknown yeah. from that standpoint. I feel like I'm stalling to try and give the, the answer <laughs> of who's the best here. I'm gonna give the nod to Minnesota as the best team, despite everything right. I just said. Just Justin Jefferson is Devontae Adams. He's Ty, you know, Tyreek Hill, he's Jamar Chase, he's in that class of receivers, and he might be better than all of them. Um, and I think that alone it's similar to when you know Devontae was here and we were talking about like, well, yeah, I mean it's it's MBS, it's Alan Lazard, it's it's these other guys, but they also have Devontae. So right. I agree. that made yeah, and that made things a lot easier that way. So I would put them one. I would put Chicago two um, with Moore and Mooney just because Moore is more proven than than Watson. Mooney's a better player I think than than Romeo Dobbs. And I'd put Green Bay three and then I'd put Detroit four. Um, I just think the secondary receivers like I'm not buying as much stock in Romeo Dobbs as you are, but I am <laughs> buying some of it. Yeah, uh, and I I love Jaden Reed. That was one of those like. I didn't think they would take him when they did, but it was like a fist pump. Oh hell yeah! Kind of reaction yeah. when they took him, type of thing. So I, re- and I think he's a guy that could integrate himself very quickly and easily with Jordan Love. Um, just being that you know, underneath target quarterback's best friend type thing. I, I feel like he has a really good chance of doing something like that quickly. So that's how I would stack it up: Minnesota, Chicago, Green Bay, and then Detroit.
1: Yeah, Chicago is kind of the head scratcher I think here because DJ Moore really makes up for a lot of some of this other stuff. You know, Darnell Mooney, pretty good. Chase Claypool, I know there's been reports that he hasn't been, you know, fantastic coming at, into, you know, OTAs and things, or they're not happy they've been performing thus far. So
0: Yeah, maybe. don't ever, ever trade for a receiver that the Steelers are willing to give up on. They're like one of the best teams in the league at doing receivers. So I'd <laughs> laugh, but the Packers tried to do that too. So.
1: I yeah, I keep- and I mean. Yeah, so I I agree with you, and you are, of course, the guest of the show, so your rankings will have some pull here. We'll take Minnesota with four points, Chicago with three, Packers with two, and the Detroit Lions with one. Um, Shifting then to running backs, we'll take the Packers having Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Chicago has Khalil Herbert, and I'm going to give them Rashawn Johnson because he was a fourth-round pick, and I just think he's going to see the field a lot his rookie season. Minnesota now has Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler is listed on their depth chart as the number two guy and Detroit, you mentioned earlier, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. So thoughts on how that position shakes out.
0: Yeah. Green Bay should get eight points here. Cause I feel like it's a runaway in terms of they're the best group. Um, Aaron Jones to me is a top 10 at the floor back in football. And I feel like AJ Dillon is, being undervalued i know he didn't have a great season last year based on maybe what we were expecting but i feel like this is a year where he could certainly rebound and running the ball he did really well it was in the passing game where he had some struggles Um, i'm interested to see how that third back thing shakes out but we're not doing that here and either way aaron jones is the best back of this entire group's top four detroit i think falls in line as their second group here david montgomery's kind of a Good at everything, not great at anything. Back Detroit gets a demerit from me for letting <laughs> Jamal Williams walk. I'm not quite sure why they did that, but they did. Uh, but Jameer Gibbs, I think, is going to be not worth the 12th overall pick, but a very good addition to that offense, especially in that dome with the speed and the space that he should have to operate. Again, the matchup between he and like Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell so during the season, good. yes, so yes. From a tool standpoint, it's incredible. Um, and then, I mean, Chicago is interesting because their running backs are made better by the fact that their quarterback is the best runner in the at the position not named Lamar Jackson. And I actually think he's probably a more gifted runner than even Jalen Hurts. So that makes things interesting. But I think that just pure backfield runner, I think their fourth by Minnesota. Madison has done some things in recent years that make you feel like he can kind of carry the load. I like Khalil Herbert, but I've never seen him have to be that guy, like you mentioned, they drafted Rashawn Johnson relatively high uh, in that class. But um, I just, again, he's a rookie. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to be in the NFL. I think he'll be good, but I don't know. So I like Minnesota. I give Minnesota the nod over them.
1: Yeah, I definitely think David Cook, or David Cook, wow. Dalvin Cook changes things. He's reading David Montgomery at the same time. Delvin cook would have changed things for the Vikings. I think they definitely get a higher than two rating from us if he is on the roster, but obviously we know that he's not Alexander Madison getting the opportunity to come back and be the guy. Like you said, a lot of these rooms have third guys. Chicago has Deonta Foreman, you know, you could swap him in, I guess with Rashawn Johnson, since he is a rookie. Minnesota has uh, Kene Nwongu, who's really, really good special teamer, but taking just the pure players, uh, the first and second, I agree with you absolutely. I think Green Bay gets the four points here. Uh, Detroit gets three, Minnesota the two, and then the the more unproven depth in Chicago at
0: one. So would we have put Minnesota at two if Dalvin was still around or am I just still I like think, scarred no, from, okay. I feel like half of his career rushing yards have come against the Packers.
1: Absolutely. And just the threat <laughs> he is in the receiving game as well. Like yeah. I think that that would have given them.
0: I don't the fully edge. understand. Like I know the underlying numbers and all that stuff, but I, I just don't understand Minnesota's rush to like, they couldn't trade him. They didn't let him go to like do anything in terms of cap. I just don't understand the motivation to let him go now. For nothing, You know, like, I mean, I feel like you could have, maybe he's not worth the contract or whatever, but I don't feel like the cap space benefits are going to be there for them. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see the thinking there.
1: Especially when, I mean, I, I know that there was a lot of luck involved in that Viking season. It felt like the 2019 Packers where yeah. a lot of things kind of fell their way, but the division is as wide open as it has been in 20 years. And you want to give away players that can help you win now. It just, it, it was a head-scratching decision, I think. And I understand you know, wanting to go younger and get a look at some of these guys and you're entering that kind of weird, is it a rebuild? Well, sure, but then rebuild. why did
0: you – yeah, why did you trade for TJ Hawkinson? Why did you – why is Kirk Cousins still there? Like there's a lot of things that don't necessarily line up with some of the – other. and maybe they couldn't do it all in one year. That's certainly – because like what, Zedaria Smith, uh, the Eric Hendricks, they've, they've lost some other guys on the defensive side of the ball too. I just – the Vikings' approach to building their team – I understand not thinking they were as good as they were last year. I don't understand going into like, Hey, like on paper, Minnesota's best hope this year is to finish nine and eight and win the division that way. Like that's their high end, if you will, maybe 10 or 11, if they get a, another bounce here or there,
1: I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up TJ Hawkins and now we're going to shift to the tight ends. And like I said, this is the, our lad's depth charts. So how they have it is how I wanted to play this thing out. So for green Bay, obviously Josiah DeGuara probably is TE1 at this point, but that is not how he is listed on the depth chart. So for this exercise, we've got Luke Musgrave and Tucker craft uh, for the Packers. Chicago has Cole Kmet and Robert Tunyon. The Vikings have the aforementioned TJ Hawkinson and Josh Oliver. And then the lions have Sam Laporta and Brock Wright. So really intriguing stuff here, obviously two rookies for the Packers who have no tape, no NFL experience, but then you've got Detroit who has a rookie as well. And, brock wright who if you can list his stats that <laughs> i'll be pretty impressed that sounds
0: like a made up name sounds like a madden, you, name. a madden name yeah <laughs> and i know he had like a big touchdown against the jets last year to win the game which was like right after they traded tj hawkinson my guy russell brown told me about him but <laughs> yeah i'd be lying if i said i knew who that was if he hadn't told me kind of thing um tj hawkinson and josh oliver is a really good group and that's another thing josh that's oliver a, in the draft, and it, yeah yeah like and they signed him out. So you signed a free, I, I, again, Minnesota's team building strategy just is weird, but Hawkinson I think is overrated as a player, but he's still good. Um, which matters, especially at that position. That's really valuable. If you have a tight end, who's not just a guy um, that that's incredibly valuable, but those two guys together, I think make an easy number one, Agreed. Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon are both like, Cole Comet's above average. Um, Tanyan, another year removed from his knee injury. We've seen him lead the league in touchdowns before, but how much of that was a byproduct of Matt LaFleur? How much of that was a byproduct of playing with the league MVP, which he's not going to be doing this year. Uh, But even still, I think that's a pretty easy number two. And then with Green Bay and Detroit, I think it's – I liked Laporta the most of those three guys, the three rookies that you mentioned, but – Green Bay's got two of them. And I liked both of those guys just after Laporta. So I give them just that slight bump because of it. And Josiah DeGuara kind of has this do-it-all chess piece type thing that has a rapport with Jordan Love. Like I just feel like we're kind of debating between two rookies or one rookie that you really liked versus a guy who had some nice moments in last year with Brock Wright. But I would give Green Bay the nod just because I think Musgrave certainly has that upside that you're looking for craft fits really well in the offense. So I'm kind of betting that one of those guys will at least be able to do something in year one, whereas Laporta is listed as the starter, but he might not like, he might just be a run of the mill rookie end. They only have one chance at a rookie tight end playing well for them in this year.
1: Yeah. I, so far, I think we're, we're pretty lockstep here. I know we gave Jordan love the one initially because he didn't have a ton of playing experience. So by that argument, you know, you you could give the nod to the lions here, but I just think the upside is higher for the green Bay tight end position group as a whole. So let's finish up with the offense before we do a quick check-in at the half to see uh, where everybody stands point-wise. We've got the offensive line. We've got green Bay with David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, and we'll say Zach Tom for the sake of this exercise at right tackle. Chicago's got Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehaired, Nate Davis, who they just signed in free agency and Darnell Wright, the first round rookie. Minnesota's got Christian Darisaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram and Brian O'Neill. And then Detroit has Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow. Um, Halamute Hal- Vitae. <laughs> I, I can say the Vitae. The, the first name is a stretch. And then Penny Sewell, of course. So mm-hmm. thoughts on those guys.
0: Yeah, Detroit has the best offensive line in football after Philadelphia, um, and there's even a chance now with Philadelphia losing Isaac Sumalo that um, that Detroit and uh, Jason Kelsey's another year older, Lane Johnson's another year older. Like Detroit could take that leap above them, so I think they're number one. I think Green Bay's number two. I think those are both pretty simple, and I say that even with some you know question marks in terms of Josh Myers. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I want to believe. But I'm like David Duchovny in the X Files. I want to believe, but I, <laughs> I don't know. John Runyon is fine. Um, I think he's, you know, just a solid starter at guard, uh, which is a good thing to have. Zach Tom has played about 500 snaps at tackle between left and right tackle, so it's a small sample. But you liked what you saw last year. Minnesota, Chicago added pieces to their offensive line, but it, I mean, that wasn't a good group. wasn't a very good group last year. Donald Wright hasn't played a snap at tackle. I liked him coming into this class, but he's a bigger guy and the NFL is kind of moving away from players that are, you know, big plotters like that. They added Wyatt Davis. I still think they're going to end up like Lucas Patrick's going to play for them a little bit. He's fine. Braxton Jones is a fifth round rookie. He's fine. So because of guys like the star power, if you will, belongs and gets Minnesota with Christian Darrisaw yeah. uh, He gets the nod basically to give the Vikings that three spot, even if, I think the worst player of the 10 I just mentioned is probably Ed Ingram, um, but they make up for it by the fact that Christian Dariusaw is the best player between those two. So Detroit, Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago is how I would rank that.
1: I agree. There's just so many unknowns with Chicago. You know, Darnell Wright was a huge investment, especially we talked about it on the show before, um, knowing how they needed to kind of change their entire defensive line. Um you know, the best defensive lineman in the class and Jalen Carter was sitting right there for them and they traded back. So Darnell Wright has to be very good and he has to be very good right away in order for that pick to feel like a sound investment. So holy cow, I did bad math. No, we're right. Okay. I had to check my math on the fly here. So through the first, um, the offensive portion of our ranking system, As things stand now, Green Bay has 12 points, Chicago has 11 points, the Vikings have 15 points, and the Lions have 13 points. So we've got Minnesota with a slight edge over everybody else just based on our offensive rankings alone. We'll see how everything shakes out once we get to the full entirety of these rosters shifting. Now I've kind of lumped the defensive line and edge together because we've got some teams to play three, four, some teams to play four, three, and it was getting a little too messy to try and sort all that out. So
0: I'll save you some time. Chicago's fourth. Let's move on. (laughs) We just talked about their defensive front. I have no idea how that team is going to rush the passer or stop. I guess Justin Jones is on that team and he exists. So there's him.
1: I found out about him. Yeah. When he started talking about Packers fans, (laughs) but, uh, all right, so we've got we've got Green Bay with Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, T.J. Slayton, Devontae Wyatt. Chicago has Demarcus Walker, Andrew Billings, Justin Jones, and then Travis Gibson. Minnesota has Dean Lowry, uh, Kyris Tonga. <laughs> oh my
0: God, I forgot they got
1: him. Daniil De- 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 Hunter, Marcus Davenport, Harrison Phillips, and then Detroit has Aiden Hutchinson, Isaiah Bugs, Aline McNeil, and John Kaminsky. So. There's some stars there, obviously Rashawn Gary, Aiden Hutchinson, but as holistic units,
0: yeah, it's strange because I think defensive line, like the interior, could be one of Green Bay's biggest weaknesses going into 2023. And I still think they're the best group, um, and that is largely due to Rashawn Gary, uh, who I, I mean, I've, I've talked about him a bunch, but I mean, I'm not saying anything that most people don't know at this point. He's a star, and I know. Uh, he's coming off an injury and maybe this year won't be his, you know, top, top return to form, but he's a star. It's odd year Preston Smith here. That has matters. Mattered. He's talked about it. And even if it's even if he's a declining Preston Smith, he's still pretty rock solid. It's amazing how, you know, for when we talk about that free agent class that Gutekunst brought in with both Smiths, Amos and Turner, I think at one point or another, we've kind of argued for all four of them at one point or another as who was the best one of that group, just based on how they've done in different spots. And it's interesting how Zadarius Smith clearly had the biggest impact in that short period of time. But I think Preston Smith overall has turned out, I mean, he's still here, which Zadarius Smith, none of the other guys are. So I think that's turned out to be a really good investment. You didn't mention Lucas Van Ness, but he's somebody who I think is going to play a, play True. a factor so as well, new. but, but he's new. So I understand that. I think they're the best group. Uh, long story short with that. Kenny Clark is a stud. Um, that's not saying. Devontae Wyatt was first-round pick. I've got some high hopes for him. TJ Slayton is a, a, a capable player. I think it's at least possible to see him as a capable defensive lineman. I think Detroit is number two with a slight edge over Minnesota Great. just because they've got those run pluggers uh, in the middle. Isaiah Buggs certainly. Aiden Hutchinson um, was the number two pick in the draft. And by the end of the year, Matt, were you at the Lions game or were you – at home watching on TV. I
1: was home watching with my child. So okay. thank so, God it was not there.
0: Yeah. So it's easier. I think to see some things like that on TV, just cause the, the camera kind of follows the ball versus that. But I was paying attention to that. And I felt like by the end of that Packers game, like you could feel him smell blood and like <laughs> just chasing after Aaron Rodgers. He got home. He got us what should have been a strip sack. They didn't end up calling it that whatever. But, um, I obviously love him. It was, uh, I nearly named my son after Aiden Hutchinson. Um, my wife did not approve of that, so we didn't end up doing that. But I, I thought about it, it was certainly uh, in the final list for me, so we didn't do that. Minnesota is third because um, I told you earlier that Chicago is fourth. Marcus Davenport is fine. There's some trade rumors surrounding Daniel Hunter, which again, I yeah, we'll see. Have no idea what Minnesota's doing if they do that, but okay, he's really good. Um, you know, the middle Harrison Phillips, uh, you mentioned who's the other? Oh, Dean Lowry, Yep. Come on. <laughs> I love Dean. He's from my hometown. I saw him play in high school. He had some nice years with the Packers, but like I I don't want him being a starter. For I was going to say he's going to get pressed into some big time starting snaps. And even if he's at his peak, I don't like on this version of the Packers where like, I think they're starting Wyatt and, and Slayton and stuff like that. Him as a rotational interior rusher kind of thing would be fine. I don't want him starting. I don't want him taking on double teams. I don't want him gapping, nothing like that. So, but they get third, uh, and Chicago, those names you mentioned all feel like guys that you just made up as we were talking. So
1: (laughs) did they did draft Zach Pickens and Gervin Dexter, uh, for some of that as well. Some depth there. And I did like Dexter. So he's,
0: I mean, he's good. He's a nice piece for them, but he's a rookie, rookie defensive linemen are almost always not very good. Like it's, that is the tight end of. Of the defense. defense. Yeah. Cause it just takes a while for those guys to, to kind of find pass rushers are a little different cause it's easier, but defensive linemen, cause you're just in defensive linemen in college are kind of roly poly. And now you have to build them into being like men. It took a while for Kenny Clark to get there, for example.
1: Um, As a, just a quick aside, I was bad at math. Originally Chicago actually had 10 points instead of 11 on the offensive side of the ball. So before anybody yells at me on Twitter, I've corrected it. Chicago was at 10 points. Um, instead of 11. So uh, that has been corrected. Let's move to inside linebackers. I just took the the top two for these. I know like Chicago probably will use three quite a bit more um, green Bay. We've got Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. Chicago has their huge investment from free agency, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Minnesota, Jordan Hicks and Brian Osmoa. And then Detroit has Alex Anzalone and Jack Campbell, a, a rookie pick. So Thoughts on this one? I think I think we're probably in agreement that Green Bay is, is top here, unless you give the nod to Chicago's investments.
0: I do, because do Quay Walker, yeah, my, and I do like Quay, um, and I do think I'm kind of bullish on him for this year. But going on what I know, what I know about him is he did not play great for most of last year. As He was learning on the fly. That's to be expected. Uh, the maturity issue is a big one. Yes. Uh, getting kicked getting like I feel like as a Packer fan like sometimes we kind of brush aside that he got kicked out it let's oh I got kicked out of two games. like well like that's a lot. <laughs> no he got kicked out of two games like and for shoving non like not for something that you could be like it was an accident. it was like non-dressed person like it was just yeah dumb attacks. so um, I do have Chicago at one okay. here just because yeah uh, Edmonds and or Edwards and Edmonds, um, both of them I think are, are really good players. Um, again. Maybe not worth the investment and the money that Chicago had, but that's not really what we're doing here. Uh, But Green Bay is is close to number two. I think Campbell – I do think Campbell has a chance to rebound. uh, I agree. To find somewhere as a middle ground between – like he's probably not the all-pro player he was in 2021, but he's not – I don't think he played bad last year, but he wasn't as good in 22. He'll and find Clay up. Walker
1: will make him better if he can get his own act together.
0: Right. And if Dre doesn't have to like babysit him, that helps him like right. be able to play a little more as well. So that helps. I love Jack Campbell, um, but he's done nothing to justify that position. So again, we're talking like who's the best player of the next four guys. That's Jordan Hicks. So Agreed. I've got Minnesota third in that case. And then I do think Detroit by the end of the year, because Campbell's a guy who, He's again, he's not going to be, it's kind of similar to the Jameer Gibbs thing. We just talked about, he's not going to be worth the 18th pick or whatever it was. Campbell ended up going in the draft, but I do think he's going to be a good player. And I mean, tell me that guy doesn't fit Dan Campbell's Detroit lions. (laughs) Like it's almost perfect, right?
1: It really is. Um, Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Chicago, you know, they invested very, very heavily in that middle of their defense um,
0: and I don't make the rules either but like you know the same way Green Bay does with like receivers or quarterbacks is like it's almost like they put on that helmet and they become better than what they really are Chicago does that with linebackers I mean they forever and ever it's almost surprising to see when they don't have good players at that position
1: All right, getting into the secondary here. We've got two groups left. We're going to take the corners first. Green Bay has Jair Alexander. (laughs) Right. Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, and Keyshawn Nixon. Obviously, Eric Stokes rehabbing from his injury still. Chicago, Jalen Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson, the rookie, Kyler Gordon. Uh, Minnesota has Makai Blackman, Caleb Evans, and Byron Murphy. And then Detroit really overhauled their cornerback room as well. Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton, and CJ Gardner-Johnson.
0: Yeah, so Green Bay's won with a bullet. Uh, Jair Alexander is one of the 50 best players in the NFL, not just at his position. He's one of the like three best players at his position. Uh, Rasul Douglas, I feel like, Kind of in a similar boat as Devondre Campbell, where like he wasn't as good as he was in 2021, but he was never gonna be as good as that. But he's still a really solid player. And he's a guy who like late in the game, if there's somebody that I need to make a play, I feel pretty good about him being the one to make it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the the interception he had, it didn't end up mattering, but like against the Titans, that was a big one. Um, the interception against Miami to seal that game, that was like uh, hey throw me the ball and watch what I do with it kind of thing Uh, makes the play that way. So uh, you mentioned Stokes as a guy who's on the bench. That was the 29th overall pick two years ago. And I think Keyshawn Nixon is a guy who he's never been given the opportunity to be more than just a special teams player. But I like the idea of him as their nickel uh, because he's a little bit bigger than say any, like he's quicker than, than Rasul Douglas laterally, but he's bigger than someone like Jair Alexander. If they were to throw him in the slot to be a alley run defender kind of thing. Now, Justin Fields did make him look silly on a particular play last year where he scored a touchdown. Like they had it schemed up perfect where Nixon's one-on-one with him Fields shakes him and he scores. So I'd like to see that cleaned up. But whenever he got opportunities last year to play corner, like the bucks game, I remember Alexander leaves and we're kind of like, Oh man, Keyshawn Nixon's in the game. We have no idea what that looks like. And he was, player of the game or one mm-hmm. of the guys that was like, you know, right there on the short list of player of the game. Um, so I really like green Bay's cornerback group. And that even gets into some of the later portions of the depth chart, but we haven't, we're not going to go into that obviously. So um, after that, Minnesota's fourth, like, <laughs> I mean, sorry guys, but I think Chicago <sighs> Chicago has an opportunity to displace Detroit, but I think Detroit has enough. Like Jalen Johnson's the best player of these six guys that we're talking about, but Gardner Johnson, Mosley, and Sutton both have higher floors than like the rookie Absolutely. that you mentioned and Kyler Gordon. So that to me causes that flip to where Detroit is now two and then Chicago's three.
1: Yeah, I I like the overhaul that Detroit gave their secondary. I Especially with Jeff Akuta like he was not, you know, get him greener pastures somewhere, you know, cut your losses and then see what you've got with this this investment. I thought that C.J. Garner-Johnson is going to be really fun in the nickel for them. So, well, you know, I guess fun is subjective depending on who you ask. Fun if you're a, a Lions fan. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll take Packers with four points, Lions three points, Chicago with two, and then the Vikings with one point. So let's round this out with the safeties. My final reminder to everyone listening, these are the R-Lads depth charts. So Everything that we think is going to potentially, you know, shake out with this depth chart, it's not what we have right now. Right now on the depth chart, we have Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford as Green Bay starting tandem. I don't think that's necessarily what we see week one, especially given, you know, the Jonathan Owens edition, things like that. But For the sake of the exercise, Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford, Chicago's got Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson. Minnesota has Harrison Smith and Cameron Bidem. And then Detroit has every Packer fans, Nightmare Kirby Joseph and Tracy Walker.
0: Man, that's tough because it feels like every team has like like Chicago, for example, you mentioned Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson. And it's like Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson is not as good as the contract he got, but he's still a good player. Brisker's a rookie who had some nice moments. He also had some whoa moments, which is pretty normal for a rookie defensive back. Um, I think it's hard to put Green Bay anywhere other than fourth on this okay, list, great. though. Darnell Savage. I I am hanging on as it's me and Mike Kawano are probably. And <laughs> the Packers, Brian Gutekunst and everybody there is hanging on as the last group of people hanging on to Darnell Savage. But, I mean, the reality is it just – I mean – we talked about this a bunch, you know, the end of that 2020 season where he was just lights out. I'm like, I thought green Bay had the next star at that position and it hasn't worked out that way. Didn't play as well in 2021 and was apparently going through some stuff according to Matt LaFleur, but like horrendous in 2022. So hopefully all of those things are are cleaned up personally. Obviously we want that first and foremost, but I I got a hard time putting them higher than fourth. Um, I think, I'm debating. Like I feel like whoever I don't put at one ends up at three. So like Minnesota gets two because Harrison Smith raises their floor. And even if Harrison Smith is kind of washed up, I think that he still raises. Are
1: you saying two as in they're the second team or the yes. Second? Okay.
0: Yeah. So they're my number two of this group. But then it's like with Chicago and Detroit, I I think I'm putting Detroit one. Okay. Because and maybe I'm basing that off Kirby Joseph having the games of his life against the Packers. <laughs> Tracy Walker just again a little bit higher of a floor than what Jaquan Brisker showed as a rookie. And again, by the end of the year, I think this could very easily change. Eddie Jackson, I think, is a really good player. I don't think he's as good even now as Harrison Smith. And and Brisker has had some nice moments, but I can't I can't do. I can't do the thing yet. We're like, again, we're not using projection. If I was using projection, then I would have had nicer things to say earlier about like Christian Watson, for example. Um, and I like brisker. I liked him in college, comes from a, you know, Penn state's had some nice moments with some of their DBs and stuff that have come out. Um, and I think he fits that defense relatively well, but I just, I can't, I can't push him over, um, the top just yet.
1: Yeah. I, I think we're in agreement here. Um, so this is, this is really fun. I, I went through while you were kind of talking that last bit, did all of our tallies. It's close. And I think that's kind of what we were expecting. If you look at these rosters on paper, I think the NFC North is wide open. I also think that it's possible that nine and eight wins you the division this year, but I could see pretty much any of these teams going 11 and six or most of them going seven and 10. So, I mean, they're what, let me just, I don't know if you were keeping track at all in your head, but on paper and kind of during the exercise, is there a team you think has won based on the scores we've assigned?
0: I would guess that it's between Detroit and Green Bay. Um, I'm thinking now, I think Green Bay has more like number ones, if you will, than what Detroit, I'm trying to think where did, I don't even know if we gave Detroit a number. Oh, we gave Detroit's offensive line a number one. But other than that, and I don't their think safeties. They, Oh yeah. We just, okay. Yeah. I just did that. So (laughs) I suppose uh, my short term memory is great. Okay. But Green Bay like quarterback too. Oh, that one barely counts though. (laughs) (laughs) Green Bay got corner. I know they got um, defensive line and I know they got uh, running back. So that probably, but I would guess it's between those two.
1: Yeah. So in, in dead last, we have the Chicago bears with 19 points. Um, third, we have the Vikings with 23 points. And then in first place, we have a tie. The Packers and oh, the Lions wow. have 24 points. So it really, it was really close. It was 24, 24, 23, 19. Which I think, honestly, if you asked unbiased fans what their opinions were, this might be how it shook out if you had to ask for a, a ranking on paper purely.
0: Yeah, I think if I had like, I mean, granted, it's like you said, it's June twenty eighth. A lot of things can change. I think if I had to project it out as to how I think the standings are going to finish, I think the only thing I would do is maybe flip Minnesota and Chicago, um, and I could see it even like Chicago like Chicago can improve by three wins this year, and they still only win six games. Like they were horrible last year, and I think. <laughs> Some of the Bears hype needs to have the brakes pumped on it solely because, like, I know Adam Rank is a Bears fan. I know that's his shtick, blah, blah, blah. But projecting the Bears to win 12 games next year, that's nine more games than they won a season ago. Like, to me, that is absolutely wild for any team to have that level of turnaround for that didn't have their starting quarterback injured the season before their roster is still at least a year away. And that's assuming that the quarterback turns out the way they think hope pray that he is. Um, but Minnesota to me, we just mentioned the weirdness of their, their roster building. They might have the worst defense in the NFL. Um, and that's, that's tough. Cause they were not very good last year. I think they can like your selling point for them is they're trying to win games on the, the arm of Kirk Cousins throwing passes to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, And then Jordan Addison's a rookie of the year candidate kind of thing. But I could very easily see them finishing last. I could see them. I think their ceiling is like nine wins though. Like, I don't know how they're not going to have the same luck that they did a year ago. And, or at least it's extremely unlikely that they do. And they're less talented. You know, they don't have like Zedarius Smith for all the things that he is still a very good pass rusher. Yeah. And, you know, if you're ahead and built to be ahead like the Vikings were, you want Daniel Hunter and zadarius Smith chasing the quarterback, not Daniel Hunter Lowry. and Marcus Davenport. And <laughs> Lowry. Right. Like, I mean, Z, if I could promise that Z has been like brainwashed and forgotten that everything that's happened over the last three years, I'd take him back in Green Bay tomorrow. Absolutely. You know, he's a really good pass rusher.
1: I just he's scary with Miles Garrett, but that's a, that's a story for another day.
0: Yeah. Yeah I'm, trying, like, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how much I like. That's like kind of what I do in this dead zone is how much do I like some of these teams? I'm trying to figure out how much I like the Browns. Cause I feel like they're really, really well built outside of the obvious caveat of the reason, like everyone wants to root against them kind of thing, <laughs> but I don't mean to laugh. It's not funny, but you guys get the deal. Um, anyways, I, Minnesota is just a tough and You know, green Bay is the wild card here because it's kind of the reason this season is as exciting as it is for Packer fans, because mm-hmm. there's an unknown, you know, it's not for the last 15 years, we could say, well, we got Aaron Rodgers. That's good for probably 10 wins by itself. And then whatever happens from there, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. I don't think this is likely, but three and 14 is on the table. Like that's possible. And that Absolutely just wasn't, not. and that just wasn't possible if Aaron Rodgers is a <laughs> quarterback. Right. Um, and so is 12 and five. Like, if Jordan Love just steps in and it's a seamless transition, he has the talent, like the talent that he has and his arm ability. His outcomes are basically like, and I'm gonna get flack for saying this because I, I don't mean this guy specifically, but like Mahomes, which to a lesser degree, obviously, Mahomes is already an all time great and he might be on the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks, or like. Drew Locke, like those are the outcomes between, (laughs) between him. So he's, there is no, to me, there is no scenario where Jordan love ends up being at his, you know, this year, maybe not, but Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, someone like that. Like, I don't think there is the middling quarterback option for, for Jordan love, which is good because I think green Bay needs to know by the end of this year, we either got our guy or we're drafting Caleb Williams. Like those are the two (laughs) things that I'm, I know that's kind of a weird and a very wide range of outcomes, but I think green Bay is the wild card. And I think Detroit is like the darling, but I'm not quite sure that they've earned that yet. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're a disappointing nine and eight division champion. And we're all excited because the lions made the playoffs for the first time in however long, and then they get smashed by the road team Dallas Cowboys because the Cowboys got the five seed because the Eagles were the best team in the conference or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, on um, Pack a Day, Kyle and Andrew and I always go through every year and, and break down the opponent rosters in like specific detail, free agent additions, losses, draft class, coaching changes. And as we were doing, you know, the Lions preview, it's it's not. I don't want to say it's not impressive because the turnaround that Dan Campbell has made has been huge, and you can't understate the impact that he's had. Like, yeah, but are you culture.
0: buying that? Can you but, buy? Are you buying that long term?
1: Well, that's what I mean. It's not right. as significant when you look at these things on paper. I don't see them. It's cool that they're opening
0: the NFL season with the Chiefs, but can they hang? Like, that's a like, good question. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I think that's the intrigue of that, though, right? So, like, you still get the opportunity to later in the year do the Super Bowl rematch against the Eagles and, I think what they put New Year's Eve is when they play the Bengals. So that game could very easily decide home field advantage. I understand the logic because, like, yeah, can they hang? If they can't, then, you know, the opening night game for the Super Bowl champion is kind of supposed to be a celebration of them and a coronation, anyways. Yeah. Uh, the Rams apparently didn't get the memo last year as they got boat raced by the Bills, but that's usually how it's supposed to be. So I am, I do understand why they did that. I just, I don't know. It's the lions. And like, maybe I'm just conditioned to think that. And I just can't fully buy into a team that is coached by Dan Campbell and quarterbacked by Jared Goff. I just can't do it.
1: (laughs) I think that's fair, but I think, I think that's a good place to, to hang it up for tonight. Um, we'll see. Again, we're doing this on June 28th. Um, If you love this, if you thought it was fun, let us know. If you hated it or if you would rank the position groups differently, feel free to let us know that as well. It would be fun to revisit this when the position groups are determined to see kind of what the these depth charts look like, obviously some things might change. We're going to have different safeties we think for the Packers, for example. So could assign points differently based on what that looks like. But Jacob, before we wrap up, thank you so much for joining me Um, and tell everybody where they can find your work. If they don't already follow you.
0: Sure. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. I tweet a lot. um, And that's where (laughs) a vast majority of things go. Everything else is in my bio. I'm doing some stuff for Packer report uh, and I don't know when this is coming out. I guess, but yeah, some uh, probably new tomorrow.
1: Stuff. So the, the
0: 29th Oh sure. Okay. So some new stuff on the uh, the horizon here for soon. We'll see what that is and when.
1: Okay, that's exciting. I, I love a good uh, cliffhanger on the podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter at pwss podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. Um, I believe there's still time to donate to the Tom Grossi 30 and 30 for St. Jude. So if you have not done that and you have the means, um, even if you can't donate financially, um, just sharing it out would be fantastic. He's doing something incredible, raising all of that money uh, for St. Jude. So please support him in his endeavor if you're able to do that. But thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Thank you again, Jacob, for joining me. And Go Pack Go!